0: From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast,
1: SIA for Geeks. So that circle is for 0.75 diopters. But if you have, say, 0.25 diopters of astigmatism, then that circle would be at about 60% of the radius. First this.
0: I know many of the audience of a Seen From Here also watch my live conference interviews on EWReplay.org. These brief video programs highlight the most important news from major ophthalmology meetings and number in the hundreds every year. But if you haven't watched EWReplay.org recently, you've got to check it out. iWorld Replay has really upped its game with super video production and fantastic content. EWreplay.org, we've just renovated and we'd love to have you over. Today's podcast is something of an experiment. Jack Holliday and I had a lengthy conversation reviewing his recent paper on SIA calculation in which, in a show of characteristic generosity, Jack walked me through his vector approach to SIA calculation. Today's podcast is a recording of this impromptu journal club led by Jack. Like all journal clubs, you will need a reprint of the article with you as you listen to this program. You can find the PubMed reference on the podcast's website as seenfromhere.com, but you'll need to download the PDF yourself. If you're looking for only the clinically relevant information, listen to the May 15th podcast. But if you are an optics geek like me, or if you simply want to understand why Jack Holliday makes the recommendation he does, this is the program for you.
1: All right. Now, you've got that little repent uh, the manuscript, right? Yes, oh, I yeah. do. Right in hey. front of me. Okay. Now, look on uh, page 274 where yeah, those it. formulas are. You see it right there? Yes, sir. Uh, okay. Now, this is the main concept of the article is this for 150 years since stokes did it back in 1850 and jaffe and clayman did their landmark paper in 1975 all the way up till there's papers in this journal the surgically induced astigmatism is in equations one and 1a and 1b there all right and Uh it says the pre-op k plus the surgically induced astigmatism k is equal to the post-op K. So the SIA, character metric, is equal to the post-op minus the pre-op. Gotcha. Okay, so what we would do and what happens today, most of the time when we make a temporal incision, people have found that the uh, post-operative K has about a tenth of a diopter of, or less with the rule of stigmatism when we make a small temporal incision Using the keratometric SIA, that's correct. Okay, all right. Now, what we said was, and we'll see in a minute what those factors are. We said, well, gee, we don't really care what the change in, or we do care, but it's not totally due to the anterior change in the cornea. So, what we did is said that if you take the pre K plus SAI total. And use the postoperative refractive astigmatism as measured by the postoperative refraction vertex to the corneal plane so that you have apples to apples. And then you take the difference between the refractive astigmatism post op at the corneal plane minus the K, that total SIA takes everything into account. So look at that next uh, sentence down there. It says the total SIA, post operative refractive astigmatism minus the preoperative keratometric method, will include any posterior corneal refractive surface effects, which is important, and other contributions such as the physiologic tilt of the IOL or decentration, refractive changes in the anterior posterior corneal surface from the cataract incision. And any systematic differences in the measured keratometric, that is that K pre, versus the actual corneal refractive astigmatism. In other words, all those things that are listed right there will be included between the post operative refraction and the pre operative K. You see right. what I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm completely. saying? completely.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: Okay. that does. So, for example, if we were to take uh, somebody that had one diopter of preoperative astigmatism with the rule, and postoperatively, we were to find they had 1.1 diopter of with the rule astigmatism postoperatively, and yet their refraction was spherical, okay, what that would mean to us is that that change in astigmatism went from one diopter with the rule pre-op to plano post-op, which is one diopter against the rule, whereas the keratometric method went from 1.0 to 1.1, so that's of a tenth of a diopter with the rule, we get a totally different answer, but here's what happens. It means that that, that surgically induced astigmatism will allow us to add that to the preoperative K and will tell us what the total, or not the total, what the actual refractive astigmatism that's present that needs to be corrected with the TORIC-IOL.
0: Yeah, no, no, I have you totally.
1: Okay, you with me there? Yeah, 100%. Okay, now, what I'm saying is that uh, keratometric K reading is 150 years old. You know, it's, it was done, it's, there's three articles that this year still use that, and it goes all the way back to Stokes, who was in 1850. And and and, uh, and then the point that I'm making is, oh, uh, uh, Clayman and Jaffe's article in 1975 was the first one that actually looked at that and came up with some values that we could use to do that. Okay, now let me show you one more thing, all right? Please. Now, okay, now look at figure one. I had four data sets. I went to Alcon and said, hey, you want to get your toric calculations right on the button? And they said, yes. They said, let me look at your data sets that you used with the FDA to get your toric lenses approved. Okay, And they had four. The first one is this uh, spherical lens uh, in which patients had less than one diopter of astigmatism. Now, just to get us oriented, this is a double angle plot okay so on the right hand side over here is zero to one degree you know over at three o'clock 45 degrees is up at 12 o'clock with the rule it's over at uh, nine o'clock and 135 is down at uh, six o'clock you with me there yeah well in other words what you do is you just take the angle of the astigmatism and because 180 and zero are the same you double those angles, and then it brings everything to where 0 and 180 are at the same point, over here at 3 o'clock, and then 4590 and 135 are where they should be also. So what this plot shows us, and you notice I put some dashed lines in there to show uh, against the rule over here at that 3 o'clock quadrant, uh, supronasal and with the rule over at that 9 o'clock quadrant, and then 135 degrees down here at that uh, 6 o'clock quadrant. And so what that means is in that study, for astigmatism less than one diopter, it's a pretty good uniform distribution of astigmatism. You see, because the plot's pretty uh, yeah. well distributed. Uh-huh. Okay, And that happens. For less than one diopter of astigmatism, there's no more with the rule than against the rule. You have almost as many... Obliques as you do that. Okay, so now go up and look at figure two. Uh huh. Okay, and figure two was the one diopter toric IOL study that Alcon did. Okay, and they didn't get it approved. Okay, and I'll show you why in a minute. All right, so what they did is they said, we'll take patients that have from one half to one diopter of astigmatism, and uh, we'll do a study with a control group. And we'll do a study with the one doctor toric group and prove that the, with the one-dopter-toric group, we can get better results. Okay? And A is the control group, and B is the toric group preoperatively. So once again, we see a pretty good uniform distribution of the astigmatisms, uh, although you could argue there's just a little bit more with and against the rule than there are obliques.
0: Yeah, but okay? I mean, it's fairly even.
1: Yes, exactly right. Okay, now if you go down to figure 3, all right, uh-huh. and figure 1, 2, and 3, all right, in figure 3 is uh, the one that was from uh, 3, uh, the, the T3 up to the T5, which would be basically uh, about, uh, well, It'd be from one diopter to two diopters of astigmatism. Okay, and yep. you see there that all of a sudden, uh, in that figure, the obliques begin to drop off. The against and the with the rule are fairly uh, equal, but the uh, obliques are only about ten percent, and the with and against the rule account for the other eighty percent. Correct. Uh, which which says between one and two diopters of astigmatism. You have equal amounts of with and against the rule, but you have only about 10% obliques. All right. And then in figure four, and then we're done. Okay. If you look at figure four.
0: Yeah. Higher value toric lenses. The so. higher
1: value. Yeah, exactly. And in those, the... Uh, yeah.
0: There, there's, an, there's an even greater um, under-representation of obliques and over-representation of particularly with the rule.
1: Right. Exactly. So what that, okay, so now we're down, and, and then what I'm saying is that the amount, or the, the direction of the astigmatism is actually uh, changed the more the astigmatism, where in that last group where we had the ones, what you see there is it's almost all are predominantly with the rule. You have some against the rule and almost no obliques, okay? So again, you have almost, uh, I think the numbers were like 60%, 30%, and then actually 2%. So the point is, when you get up to astigmatisms above two, two and a half to hoppers, there's an 80% chance that that's going to be with the rule, okay? Okay. So anyway, so here's what we did. We went back now, and then I want you to come up and look at figure six. Yeah, I got it right here. All right, now in figure six, in the second data set, the one that went from a half to one diopter that was the one that they did uh, for the one diopter toric, all right, they had, um, they took post-operative K readings at about the six months, so we could look at that. And that little red sigmoid looking curve that you see over there, all right, you see that thing? Yeah. The, the red squares?
0: Yeah, the uh, uh, pre-K minus, excuse me, the post-K minus pre-K.
1: Right. That's the delta-K method. That's what we came up with. And then the green dots are the total SIA plot. Now, what we're saying there is, look at the dramatic difference between the total SIA and the character metric SIA. I mean, they're not even close. If you take a point, for example, uh, let's say we took with the rule of stigmatism, and of course, this plot is for that one diopter, so the average astigmatism there is 0.72 diopters pre-op, okay? They were between a half and one, but the average was about three quarters, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, what that says is, if you look at the red dots, it turns out that if somebody had with the rule of stigmatism, that keratometric SIA is about at 0.05 against the rule. It would be that rightmost dot for the red dots. Yeah. You see, it's about 0.05 against the rule. Now, look what it is for the same group of patients for with the rule, that 0.75, what the value is for the total SIA. It's about 0.68 diopters against the rule, almost three-quarters of her 0.7 diopters more against the rule than you get with keratometric change. You see that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I have you.
1: Okay. Now, at the same time, if you look at against the rule, which would be at the 9 o'clock, that red dot there and the green dot are almost at the same point. They're very close to each other, and they're about 0.02 or 0.03 with the rule. They're a little negative, and that's with the rule. Okay. So it says you get a lot more against the rule and with the, uh, you know, for with the rule preoperative 0.75 than you get with against the rule 0.75. Okay. Both of those patients have the same amount of astigmatism, but that's what the total SIA is for with the rule and against the rule. With the rule is over there at three o'clock because it's opposite to the pre op, and against the rule is over there at nine o'clock. You see what I mean? Yeah, I do. Okay, now the final uh, point that I, that I want to make. All right, so now if you go down to figure 14, last figure, okay? huh. All right, so now we're looking at what is virtually the same plot, all right? And like we said, that 3 o'clock point over there that's 0.68 against the rule is the amount of – uh total sia for somebody with 0.75 doctors with the rule which means that if they get 0.7 doctors against the rule and they had 0.7 with the rule they come out spherical with with a spherical iol
0: yeah no no i understand what you're saying
1: okay and at the same time if you look over here at the guy that had against the rule and he had 0.75 you see it's almost zero so that guy would have almost 0.7 diopters against the rule, post op, and would need to have a one diopter toric lens yeah. with the same exact magnitude of astigmatism. Yeah. All right. So what this graph shows is we just did with and against the rule, but it makes a perfect circle for every angle of astigmatism because we had a uniform distribution that allowed us to test every single axis of astigmatism, and it made a circle. It made a circle, which is amazing in math for something to come out, you know, that uh, obvious as a circle yeah. uh, for something that you didn't know. Now, what that also means then is this. So when you look at that graph, What it means is that circle can be represented by a constant vector that's the K there that goes to the center of the circle and then by a variable vector that goes around the perimeter that is basically uh, the vector that is specific to that angle of the sigmatism. And that the SIA, the total SIA, is the sum of those two vectors. Okay, now that's a critical point, Josh. In other words, what we're saying is that there's a constant vector that would be, for example, if we were to take one number and try to do all the astigmatisms with that number, it'd be that point at the center of the circle. That's the best thing you could do with a single point, right? Yeah. OK. That's the constant vector. Now, the variable vector is the one that for each axis of astigmatism is that V vector And the total astigmatism is the sum of those two vectors there that's shown in black. So when we did with the rule, the constant vector is about about 0.3. The variable vector is about 0.3. So 0.3 plus 0.3 is 0.6 for with the rule. For against the rule, the constant vector is always 0.3. But the V vector is a minus V of 0.3. So it's 0 for against the rule. Okay. But those are the two, only two that come out with the axis as the same as the preoperative astigmatism. Well, the last thing I just want to show is if that variable vector is that V vector down there is for the example of 45 degrees, okay? That's where the V vector is. It's coming right down here at that 135. The total SIA for 0.72 at 45 degrees is that black vector that's not at 90 or 180, and it's not even at 135 degrees. It's at a different axis. It's actually at 152, which means that the axis, the SIA that you have to add to the preoperative astigmatism is 15 degrees oblique to the preoperative astigmatism. So what that says down here in the text 152, so look right down here on that same page below the figure, right under figure 14. And it says, you see we're on page 281 where it's got figure 14 at the top? Yeah. Okay, preoperative astigmatism of 0.72 at 45 degrees, the constant vector is 0.27, the variable vector is 0.32, And the resulting total vector is 0.42 at 152 degrees, that black vector. It is necessary to maintain the spherical equivalent of 0. Adding the total SI of 0.42 at 152 degrees to the preoperative astigmatism of 0.72 at 45 degrees yields 0.44 at 29 degrees, 16 degrees clockwise to the original steep meridian of 45 degrees. Now, what that means is, you don't put that lens at 45 degrees. You put it at 29 degrees to compensate for all of those factors such as, that against the rule of stigmatism on the back of the cornea is at 90. I mean, it's going down towards six o'clock, right? Well, when you add that to something at 45 degrees, you don't get, the same axis as you did pre-op. So what I'm saying is, part of the problem that we're having with aligning interocular lenses that we don't put it on the steep axis if it's anywhere other than 90 or 180 degrees. If it's anywhere else, that oblique vector is going to add, so that you have to put it slightly off, like in this case, 15 degrees from the steep axis, in order to get the best result and the lowest residual astigmatism.
0: Jack, let, let me let me ask you this. Is the magnitude of the variable vector a function of the um the magnitude of the preoperative cylinder?
1: Yes. Okay. In other words, yes. That's the final thing. And that is if you look at figure look at figure eight. Uh-huh. Okay, you see figure eight there? Yeah. Okay. That blue circle is the um uh, is the one for 0.75 diopters of a segment? Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I I can see that 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 literally the the, the radius of the of the circles larger with um
1: with with, with exactly. preoperative cylinder. Yeah, right. And so here, look at this. Look at figure seven. You see that? Yeah. Okay, that's how much you scale it by. So in other words, at 0.75 uh, diopters, you see the scaling ratio is one. So, that circle is for 0.75 diopters. But if you have, say, 0.25 diopters of astigmatism, then that circle would be at about 60% of the radius.
0: Yeah, 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 I understand. Yeah. And if you had three
1: diopters of astigmatism, it'd be up at about 1.35 times bigger than that circle.
0: Yeah, absolutely fascinating. So, yes,
1: that variable vector then is the one that's scaled by that scaling equation. And it gets bigger and smaller depending upon the amount of preoperative astigmatism. That's exactly right. Yeah,
0: really. That's really, exactly really
1: interesting. It. Okay, so you see the so the big concepts there, Josh, are number one, we no longer use delta K as yeah. determining what our SIA is because if we use the post-op refraction vertex back to the cornea plane, then it explains all those variables that was on that paragraph. And and one of those, that's one more interesting point. Let me show you this. If you go back to figure uh, 14, okay? Yep. Now, in that figure 14, Doug Koch found that the average posterior astigmatism is 0.22. And if you run the calculation for what a 22-dopter lens against the rule of astigmatism induced by the typical average decentration and tilt of five degrees, it's point one one, and point one one, and point two two is 0.3. Yeah, that's no, no, I understand what you're that, saying, yeah. That's the constant vector. So it comes out exactly what Doug said would be for the posterior plus the tilt of the lens, which he didn't talk about. And then that variable vector, now here's the other interesting thing. Doug said in the second article that he did, which was the Baylor nomogram, okay? Uh-huh. The Baylor nomogram says if you have with the rule astigmatism, you add 0.6 adopters of against the rule, exactly the same value, almost exactly the same value as we show on that circle. For against the rule astigmatism, he said add 0.2, which is about two tenths of a diopter more than we found when we actually use that. And Doug has gone back and said, yeah, you're right. So, anyway but there would be
0: a a a a substantial measurable difference in your predictions and Doug's for astigmatism that with pre-existing cylinder that is oblique
1: absolutely right that's exactly right that's
0: exactly right yeah really 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 fascinating stuff jack holiday comes to us from houston texas his paper Improving toric intraocular lens calculations using total surgically induced astigmatism for a 2.5 millimeter temporal incision appears in the March 2019 issue of the Journal of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Ask questions of Dr. Holliday or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As Seen from Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.